Good afternoon, and welcome to the first hybrid in-person Zoom uh, council meeting a year and a half or longer than that. It's nice to be back in the building. I'm Dennis Grimman. I'd like to call the November 18th, 2021 regular public meeting of the Parks and Open Space Commission to order. And we're going to start with Carla trying to explain this hybrid system. Instructions for participating in the meeting are available at MarinCountyParks.org under the About Us boards and Commission tab. Instructions will also appear on the top of the screen throughout the meeting. The Commission Chair will announce when it is time to comment and will set time limits. Comments will first be heard for those in the chambers followed by those participating online. General comments on items not on the agenda can be shared during item number one on the agenda open time for public expression. Comments specific to a particular agenda must be expressed only while the board is considering that agenda item. If joining by computer, use the raise hand icon at the bottom of your screen to inform the moderator that you would like to speak. If you're joining by phone, press star nine to indicate that you would like to comment. When it is your time to speak, your name will be called. After your name is called, you should see a request on your device that the host would like you to unmute. If you are participating by phone, you will hear you are unmuted. Please unmute and provide your first and last name. Please speak slowly and clearly so that the captioner can follow your remarks. Reminder that there may be a slight delay when watching the live stream. If you anticipate wanting to speak during the meeting, please join in advance of the item you wish to speak on and indicate that you wish to speak before public comment period is closed on the item. Thank you, Carla. And with that, we'll start with the first item of business, which is uh, public comment. I just want to remind everyone, it's a limit of three minutes uh, for any uh, item that's not on our agenda. And as we're going to follow this hybrid format, we're going to start with people in the chambers first, if anyone has public comment, and then we will move to those who are in online. So with that, is there any member of the public in the chambers that would like to comment? Seeing none, Carla, how do we go to the next phase? We'll, we'll just check with Al, on the, who's monitoring the Zoom. Chair Scrimmon, there are no speakers in the queue. Okay, it's interesting, so we will go forward. All right, next item on the agenda is the director's report. Max. Thank you. Good afternoon, uh, commissioners. Max Corton, director of Marin County Parks. And um, I'm going to keep this real brief because we have a full agenda. Just want to note that uh, last night we had our um, public meeting to introduce the Region 6 road and trail designation process and that the comment period is now open. And so I just invite community members and your commission to check out our website. We have an updated website that describes that, that process and the process for getting uh, feedback and comments on uh, that area, which is mainly uh, Ring Mountain Preserve and Old St. Hillary's and the trails and fire roads there. And that's it. Very good. Commissioners, any comments, questions about the director's report? None. Seeing none. <coughs> is there any public comment about the director's report? All right. We will move on to item number three, which is approval of minutes. 
We have two sets of minutes. Uh, start with the September 15th, 2021 meeting. If everyone had a chance to review. I, I'll move approval as distributed. Any corrections, additions? <coughs> I second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And then moving on to our special meeting that we had at McGinnis Park on October 14th. Same motion. Comment? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Mary, you have to turn the button on to down at the bottom. Get your mic on. Very good. All right, we're moving on to item number four. Uh, presentation of the calendar year 2021. Is that Chris yeah. or Max? I could give a quick intro and then we have a series of team members who will uh, present this. So I uh, just wanted to, to um, introduce this, that this is each year we present sort of a roundup of the projects that our team has been working on over the course of the year. And so this is a great opportunity to go through and describe some of the uh, some of the vegetation management work, road and trail work, uh, park facilities work that's been uh, completed over the last year. And with that, I'll turn it over to Michonne Martin, who's our chief of uh, projects and natural resources. Thanks, Max. <clears throat> Good afternoon. Good to see everyone in person. I'm Michonne Martin. I lead the conservation science projects and design team. And today, I'm going to kick off our annual report with our vegetation management program. So our vegetation management program, as, as we've reported out to you a number of times, is one of our biggest programs. Um, it's also grown and evolved immensely over the last year, but also over the last several years. Um, and one question that we ask ourselves and continue to evolve with is, how do we measure success? And this fuels, weeds, and biodiversity is one of the ways in which um, we look at how um, a successful our program is. So um, reducing fuels and preventing wildfires, community prevention, is the cornerstone of the, of the work that we do. Um, incorporating our weed work in, that, in those fuels reduction projects is something that we've um, been able to be smarter in how we're, we're tackling both of those together. And then the biodiversity piece is really just how we uh, steward our lands in, into the future and keep these landscapes resilient and safe for the adjacent communities. Oops. Am I doing something wrong? I need to call what about? Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, 
good idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me just try and find it here. Yeah. All right. While Chris is trying to find it, I can, I can easily walk through this. It's like moving into a progressive commercial where we're all <laughs> having hard copies. It's <laughs> funny. Going, going back in time to printed yeah. paper copies. All right. So that first slide uh, that you all will be able to see is really just a map of, of the county itself. And you can see there's a bunch of colors on there. You don't have to see specifically, but there's orange scattered across the map. And that orange represents the wild urban interface. The wildlands urban interface is where our you know, parks and preserves interface with the, the communities, our neighborhoods. Um, and then the red squiggly lines that you see across there is, is where the, our open space preserves touch that, um, that wildland urban interface. And so I just wanted to start here to be able to give some context to how we are prior prioritizing our work. Um, and if you go to the next slide that says goals and multiple benefits, uh, this picture is a really good example of, of how uh, we accomplish that. So this, the picture you see is a picture of a community, um, and the community itself is working with their local fire jurisdictions, so through the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority, and they're using those local dollars to be able to look at evacuation routes and emergency response, hardening homes in their defensible space. And where we come in is you can see in the background that large contiguous piece of land where our lands come up into the communities, we're able to create an additional buffer and work with these communities on creating their defensible space to have added protection. And the multiple benefits comes in where a lot of these areas at the edges of our preserves are where some of our biggest weed problems are, our biggest woody weed, like boom infestations. So we're able to accomplish multiple benefits with, with our fuel reduction work. And it allows us to buffer our, the interior of our preserves. Uh, the next slide is a series of pictures with folks doing work on the interior of our preserves. So we have about 100 miles of roads across our preserves, and it takes a, n a number of divisions within our organization year-round to keep these uh, fire roads open for emergency access. So that first picture there shows our operations crew pruning our fire roads every single year to make sure that they're open and accessible for emergency vehicles during big wind events or storms, like the ones we just recently experienced, uh, you know, across 100 miles of road, you could imagine the trees that have fallen down. Our operations crew, uh, again, goes and cleans all that up and makes sure that the access is clear. And then we have a road and trail team that makes sure that the tread itself of the um, fire roads are accessible and drivable for our emergency vehicles. And then lastly, our natural resources team comes and follows all these teams around um, to make sure that we aren't inadvertently spreading weeds throughout by doing all of this work. So it's sort of a, really takes a village to focus on the, on these fire roads and keeping them clear. The next slide is about partnership. Um, it shows, oh, you have it up, excellent. It shows, um, oh, almost up. <laughs> it shows uh, the TAM crew there, and one of the ways that we're really able to scale up the amount of work that we've done over this past year is partnering with the Marin County Fire's TAM crew. Um, we've partnered with them. Thanks, Chris. We've partnered with them. Oh, yeah, good. There we go. We've partnered with them this past year, but also the last couple of years. And frankly, it's just allowed us to scale up the amount of work that we're able to do. Um, we're able to just accomplish a lot more. They can burn their own piles. We can chip more. It's a, it's a 10 to 12 person crew um, that allows us to just, again, scale up the amount of work that we're able to do. And then uh, the building new capacity is about our internal capacity. So all the vegetation management work that we do and all the fuel breaks and defensible space and all the projects that we, that we work on each year, uh, we have to maintain those in perpetuity uh, for them to function properly. 
And um, building our own internal capacity has been really important. We've partnered, we have a, we've had a long-standing relationship with our local youth corps, the Conservation Corps North Bay, to not only help us complete this work and get more person hours out maintaining these, these fuel breaks, but also it's helping us um, in, be more inclusive in how we are looking at building career ladders. Um, with this program, we're able to um, get skills and experience to have them be more competitive to hopefully in the future um, apply for a job maybe at one of our public uh, agencies. So the last slide is just sort of my, my wrap-up slide. Um, I, I just want to emphasize how much this program has grown and evolved over time and how we've been able to just be smarter in how we are managing the landscape, managing the vegetation, um, in focusing on multiple benefits, really scaling up our work through partnership, and, and really looking at not just our parks and preserves, but sort of scaling back and looking at the county level. We're partnering with our one TAM partners on a forest health strategy right now at looking at all of our forests across the entire landscape of Marin. And then looking out even further to our regional partners, looking to Sonoma and Mendocino, maybe in the South Bay, and learning and sharing from their experiences, as well as transferring knowledge. And then even at a statewide level, we're looking at um, grant and funding opportunities where we could measure, uh, leverage Measure A dollars and uh, the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority dollars to bring more money um, into Marin for our vegetation management program. So with that, I am going to um, pinch hit for Veronica, who couldn't be here today, and um, talk about our sea level rise resiliency projects. Um, we have a number of uh, three major priority projects that we've, we've been talking with you about over this past year. Uh, the McGinnis Marsh Restoration Project, the Bothy Marsh Evolving Shorelines Project, and our Bolinas Y Wetlands Restoration Project. Those are all our priority sea level rise adaptation work. And all, th all three of these projects are in design development, and they're all focused at addressing um, improving the resiliency of our wetlands so that they can um, persist in the face of rising seas. Um, so this past year, a, a big headway was made at our Bothine Marsh conceptual designs, and so we've, um, we're moving forward on that. I'll talk about that on the next slide. And then we've also um, advanced our 60% designs for the Bolinas Y uh, Wetlands Project. So for Bothine, um, we've been working in partnership with the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy, uh, and we've been studying the anticipated impacts that sea level rise could have on this marsh, and we've been developing our conceptual designs around adapting to that. Um, so we've solicited a ton of feedback from, from the public all the way through, and this past year um, we put out um, three conceptual designs and had overwhelming support for one of the concepts. It was concept number three which we're uh, calling Ring the Marsh. And it's kind of obvious if you can look at the, uh, the map there on the left, it's taking the lower portion of the path that currently goes right through the middle of the marsh out in the water, it continually gets flooded, and it um, scoots it up against um, the Amante Boulevard there. And it could relocate that so that we can, it actually would allow us to enhance more of the marsh because it's not being tra uh, transected anymore by that pathway. It's moved up to the edge of the preserve or to the edge of the road. And then over the next year, we are funded to evaluate the feasibility and the design constraints for that, that new ringing the marsh, that new concept. Mm -hmm. And it'll allow us to do some additional studies that can help us really um, hone in and develop the appropriate uh, restoration actions uh, based on this concept. 
And then lastly, at our Bellinas Lagoon, uh, the design team has been working on the 60% designs for this project. And so it means they're in constant contract with Caltrans, the Coastal Commission, and um, all the other regulatory agencies that have been part of this from the beginning. Um, and this project is really a critical piece um, of the vision for that north end, the bigger north end Bellinas Lagoon. Um, and that this the section that we're working on is managed by the county and it addresses infrastructure and, and restoring the connectivity of the two the two creeks there, Lewis Gulch Creek um, and Alima Bolinas Road to be able to install a full span bridge. Uh, the design of this will also improve traffic circulation and safety. So the design of this project includes predictions for five and a half feet of sea level rise and even for a hundred year storm event. And it's fully funded and designed using Measure A and state grants and has partial funding for implementation from um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's National Coastal Wetlands Conservation Program. I think that's it for me. I am now going to turn it over to John Campo to talk about our road and trail management program. Thank you. Welcome, John. Thank you. Um, thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. Nice to see everybody in person. Um, so I'm just going to give you a brief recap of the road and trail management plan over the last year. And so um, we've learned a lot from the pandemic over the last couple of years. And one of the things we really learned was how important our open space was and our trails were during this time when we were all sheltering in place and soccer games were canceled. Um, we were all hitting the trails, myself included, and it was really, um, we've, I feel so lucky to be here um, and have some access to so many trails and open space. Um, our big marquee trail project this year was out at Rush Creek in Nevada on the east end. Um, so we looked at um, a bunch of different options. We worked with the community for about four years on this and stakeholders. And we ended up reimagining that east end. And we took an old fire road that was, had no strategic value and we repurposed it into a recreational trail. We connected it to um, an equestrian center just adjacent to the preserve providing equestrian access. Um, and we added uh, multi-use trails and hiking only trails. So in total, there was about a, a mile and a half that we added and we're actually wrapping it up this week. Um, the, the project will be done, but what we do is we let it harden and cure over the first winter. And so it'll be open to the public in the spring. But very excited about this one. And as with every year, we coordinate with the local and county fire departments uh, to make um, emergency access improvements to the fire roads. And we prioritize the roads based on strategic importance to improve response time and emergency access. We also made a lot of infrastructure improvements. Um, so we have lots of structures out in our open space and trails. And just to go through a couple, give you a few examples. Um, this is a trail, a new trail bridge at Rush at um, Deer Island Preserve on the Loop Trail, and so we we replaced numerous bridges over this past year. Um, new retaining walls and trail stairs. Um, we resurfaced trails and added new entrance gates at the fire roads. And as Max began um, his presentation, we, we had our Ring Mountain Regional Planning Meeting last night, and we had it well attended. That was Region 6. That was the last of the regional trail planning meetings, which really in itself was a huge accomplishment. 
So we had that meeting last night and now we have a 60 day comment period. And so now we're really looking um, for comments from the community. And once we get those comments, that will really create the blueprint for projects moving forward at Ring Mountain and Old St. Hillary. Um, and as you know, we acquired uh, Bowman Canyon, uh, which is a 400 acre parcel up in Novato. And so we've been learning a lot about that land through vegetation, wildlife assessments. And now we're engaged with different stakeholder groups um, to talk about how we do the trail planning and how we connect to Mount Burdell, which is just right next door. So that's very exciting. And there seems to be lots of opportunities um, for public access. And with all these projects, we strive to strike that balance with public access and resource protection. And uh, another planning effort, this one's just across the street at um, Terra Linda Preserve, uh, right behind Terra Linda High School. So at the bottom of the screen, you can see Terra Linda High School. And that red line is the Memorial Trail. And so that's, um, you know, one of these trails that's just terrible alignment. Um, it's really steep. It just goes straight up the ridge. And so we've worked with the community over the last couple of years to reimagine different designs uh, to include equestrian access, hiking only access, um, make it usable for the athletic programs at the high school. And we feel like we've come up with a good consensus. And so now we're working on the project description. We hope to have that available to the public later uh, in 2022 for public review. Um, and Roy's Redwoods restoration, I know I've talked to you about this one. This has been a multi-year effort, super exciting. Those are my da daughters on the fallen tree there. Um, and so this we're looking at um, restoring the floodplain, um, making that old growth redwood grove resilient to drought. It's only one of four old growth redwood groves in Marin. And we're also trying to prove the access to include what we call inclusive access plan. So it's wheelchair accessible, um, people with mobility issues would be able to experience an old growth redwood grove. So this is super exciting. Again, we hope to have this available for a public review uh, middle 2022. And then finally, you know, with all these access plans, we wanna take care of what we have and that goes for the trails, the bridges, but more importantly, it goes for the critters that we share the open space with. Um, so we have several sensitive species in Marin, um, spotted owl, badgers, yellow-legged frogs, western pond turtles. And so whenever we design these public access plans, we really want to be thoughtful how we do it to make sure we minis minimize impacts to the critters. That's it for me. I think we're going to save questions till the end. Yeah, good. I'm going to turn over to Tara. Hello, commissioners. Um, let's see. I hope I'm going to keep my mask on. I took off a plane, so we're just going to play it safe. Um, and I'm not used to taking it off. So let's see. So we'll kick this off. I also haven't presented in person for a while, so this will be new and different. Um, so I just want to walk you through again. We've been we've been really busy. Um, it's been a crazy year, um, and uh, implementing projects, but it's really wonderful to have this opportunity to present kind of a snapshot of what we've been up to. Um, the projects that you see up on the screen right now are the ones that we've been implementing and um, some that we've actually completed recently. 
the and we'll just go by them uh, through them one by one. Kevin gave me the the time frame, and it's really hard to do it in five minutes because it's really exciting to talk about a project. So it, I, I I have a hard time doing the the time slot, but I'll do my best. Um, so I'm sure all of you know the Mill Valley Sausalito bike or multi-use path. Uh, this pathway is uh, this section that you see up on the screen is a mile and a half section. It's from one uh, one tam. <laughs> You'll hear why I said one tam here in a second. Um, from El Monte down to Sausalito at Gate Six, so it's about a mile and a half. Um, it cuts right through Bothine Marsh, and Michonne just talked about that when she was presenting Veronica's section about the sea level rise. Um, that section of pathway runs right through the marsh, and it's has not had any maintenance to it in, since 1981, any significant maintenance. Um, knowing that we are in a long-term planning process for Bothine Marsh and looking at long-term solutions for the pathway, uh, this is an opportunity for us to do a short-term solution to improve the surface. And as you can see from the photos there, there's quite a bit of cracking and um, they called it raveling and things like that. And it was a really un uneven surface and not that pleasant to ride on or walk on. And so um, this was a project that took us several years to uh, bring to fruition, but um, we uh, um, were able to implement it in the last, I think we started in September and ended in October. Um, this was seemingly a very simple project, but it was actually quite complicated, mostly because of the fact we had to close it for a couple days. Um, as you know, this is a main uh, uh, commuter pathway and for kids to get to school. So a lot of people were really like, how are you gonna handle this? So working with our stakeholders, we had a bike bridge and a pedestrian bridge. It went really well. We only had to close it for two days. Um, and now, and uh, the pathway's open, and as you can see right here, uh, it was mostly done by a large machine, but we had to do certain sections by hand because of the, um, the machine couldn't get over the, the small bridges. Um, and you can see our bio monitors are on the side, making sure that the, con the contractors adhered to all our safety and, and resource specifications. Um, and then the waddles there are for stormwater protection as well. And then this final slide here is the uniform surface. So the cracks, this is like a, it, it really is a micro, it's called microsurfacing. Um, it's an aggregate with a slurry that evens out kind of the inconsistencies and it's much more improved. Um, we just have to finalize some paving markings. So we'll put the striping down and the share of the path, that iconic blue share of the path that'll be on there as well as some stop, stop sign markings and things like that. So that's really exciting and that's open. Maybe you've already been down there. The next project is uh, on the paving theme is the McNair's parking lot improvement project. This project is actually underway right now. Um, similar to the pathway, it's one of our most popular facilities. It gets, that parking lot is loved and used very well. Um, the, the plan you see on the right is uh, the redesign. Um, the, the project itself was really a goal to focus on the resurfacing and, and improving the paving, but it was also an opportunity to change the circulation because um, when you go in there in the past, it was like a slalom course through medians. You didn't know where to go. People would go the wrong way up the one way and it was very challenging. So we took that opportunity to improve the circulation and also to address 
uh, stormwater. So now this new plan uh, has bioswales in it and we'll be treating the stormwater there. Um, you can see here, this is a photo of the, the pre-construction conditions. A lot of trees are missing. Uh, the path, you can see the parking lot surface and you can see the holes from this distance. And, and now we are well under construction. This is actually taken probably hmm, three weeks ago. And so we're quite a, quite a ways along now. Uh, we hope to have this open and complete by Christmas, fingers crossed, and weather, weather uh, permitting. The next project is the Black Point boat launch. Boat launch is, uh, if you haven't, or if you haven't, or if any of the um, folks watching or listening, uh, it's our boat launch and fishing facility at, uh, up by Highway 37 at the mouth of the Petaluma River. This was a project that we actually received a grant from the Fish and Wild National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, which is money that came from the Cusco, Costco, Busan oil uh, spill settlement. And so this money that we applied for was leveraged with Measure A and was meant to improve amenities. Um, and a lot of the amenities here at this park were aged and deteriorated and there was no shade over the picnic areas. And so we took the opportunity to make some improvements. And you can see here the, you, I don't even have to say anything with the before and after photos because you can see right here, we've new bike racks. We eliminated some turf. Um, and then there's also a bait cutting station. You can kind of see it there behind the bike racks. Uh, we included new trash and recycling receptacles. Uh, these have the ability to be locked um, and they are ADA accessible. Uh, these are, have become our new standard in our parks and our, uh, the public likes them as does our staff. You can see here the new picnic tables. We repurposed a bike parking area as a new picnic area. So you can have an upper level. We have new fencing to kind of help guide people along the path instead of through the landscaped areas. Um, and we also have a new shade structure. This doesn't have the roof on it yet, but it does now. So if you go up there, you'll see something different um, as well as new plantings, all uh, native, native plantings. So it's really getting a nice facelift. It's my favorite project. I'll try to restrain myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you know, dog waste is an ongoing challenge, not just for us, but all public municipalities. Um, and over the past few years, we piloted a couple of the receptacles that you see on the left. They were custom designed to have a smaller opening so people can't use them as trash receptacles. Um, and, and we realized that they, they worked out really well. So this last winter, we uh, decided to roll out the first phase. We implemented or installed 21 of these throughout our open space preserves at our identified most heavily used entries. And along with that, we took the opportunity to provide clear messaging um, in support of that as to why dog waste is bad for our ecosystem and our waterways. Uh, we have some very, very talented folks on our communications staff that came up with some really wonderful messaging. And you can see bag it, trash it, um, stop pollution, and then also two poos for the planet, which is asking people to pick up other people's waste. I mean, your dog owner, you pick up somebody else's too. Do two, two good things. Um, and uh, let's see, let's take the next photo. So here's a si an example, again, before and after says it all. Our before, old, 
old um, trash cans are repurposed and now our new bag it, trash it, um, these have become really popular. Uh, and then we also pr uh, promoted these on social media and you can see kind of the messaging. They were really fun. People really loved, loved them. And again, from our tal very talented and creative uh, communication staff and uh, uh, the public, we've already, we've, I don't know, we get requests probably on a, every couple of weeks, somebody's like, can you put one of these in at our entry? And so we're looking to implement uh, phase two here in the, in the next year. The last few slides are going to be what uh, we're in progress right now on the on the boards. Uh, the the first project I'm going to talk about is the Stafford Lake All Weather Pump Track. This is a pump track that um, is a little different than the dirt pump track that's at the bike park right now, where it's all weather. Uh, this is something that is going to be um, uh, in partnership with friends of Stafford Lake Bike Park. Uh, the um, uh, you can see the, the site that we're proposing is on the upper right. That is the overflow parking um, that's kind of near our residence. The, the graphic you see at the bottom is kind of a draft over uh, layout of a proposed track configuration. Again, this is in planning. Um, you will hear more about this as we go along. Uh, the next project is a Stafford Lake five mile trail. This trail is actually a pathway that would connect to Novato bike path, multi-use path. So that is going to help pull people off of the road. You know, there's no trail, there's no pathway system. There's a short pathway between our picnic areas on the um, kind of the big green blob you see that's irrigated in that photo. Um, there really isn't, uh, and then we have the Twilliger Trail that's over by the disc golf course, but there's no interconnected uh, trail system. And so this, this trail will be a multi-use trail. We're still working on, um, this is a preliminary layout that you see right there. Uh, and it's, it's, again, it's to balance um, uh, different uses, safety, compatibility, other existing features, and also protecting our natural resources and cultural resources. So again, this is a project that you are gonna hear more and more about as we develop it along the way. The final project is back to the bike path, kind of where we started, uh, multi-use path. Um, like the sign plan, the larger sign plan that you've heard us speak about that we just, uh, uh, finished, just about finished for the open space with all the wayfinding and the entry signs that you've probably all seen in uh, creating a cohesive and clear signage system, we're moving to the, the multi-use path. And this is an example of our draft concepts. Um, you can see the existing signage on the left and uh, the new signage Im includes maps. It also includes the, the very successful and um, identifiable identifiable iconography that is out there right now to share the path. You know, when you see the blue and the green and the pink and it has the different symbols of um, they left, we're in, in, uh, incorporating that as well. Um, and like we did with the sign plan, we will be doing prototypes because with signage, you need to test it, <coughs> field test it. So we'll be doing some prototypes here in the, in the coming year to test it out. And then we'll do, hopefully do a, a bigger, larger rollout. So. With that, that's the end of this presentation. If you have any questions, I think that's the end, right? Thank you.
it's understandable why you can't be limited to five minutes with so many wonderful projects. It, it, it really is hard, but yeah. thank you very much. Okay, um, if we're open to comments and questions, I'd like to turn to the commissioners. Anyone? Please. Uh, just, uh, uh, just following up on the education management, I think uh, Ashan and her crew are just doing a great job. Um, I mean, significant impacts on uh, uh, on uh, issues of, uh, of uh, wildfire safety, uh, working through the interface um, and uh, protecting biodiversity uh, all in the same uh, same while, so uh, uh, great job there. And John, uh, with the roads and trails here, that project keeps moving on and uh, appreciate all the effort of every, everyone involved. Uh, it's, it's important to uh, continue to provide uh, access to the public in a responsible way. And uh, I've been impressed with this uh, project ever since it's launched. Um, <coughs> Also, uh, all the major maintenance uh, work is uh, kind of people kind of under the radar, but it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious what is being done, but it's not on the top of everybody's agenda, but it's definitely appreciated. And, uh, and lastly, uh, uh, I think the signage program is just tops. I, I, I don't think there's another agency that, that does signage quite as well. So uh, hats off to everybody. And then uh, in terms of uh, a doggy food pack, I never leave home without one. I'm a compulsive picker-upper, so <laughs> I'm doing my share. Thank you, Pat. Other commissioners? Uh, I have two quick questions. Uh, Michelle, in when you were talking about the, the vegetation management and especially the all the burn stuff, do you even have a ballpark estimate of how many how much measure A funds are used in that? Yeah, I could answer that. So in a typical year over the last four years, for instance, we've spent about two million dollars a year on on vegetation management, sometimes a little more so from measure A. And that breaks down to a little over a million on contracted services and then about 800,000 on uh, staff costs for and you think those are those are funds we didn't have prior to measure a yeah prior to measure a I think we probably did around two hundred thousand dollars a year in vegetation management work okay the second one uh, I think for John it's it's a really simple question are there are there bathrooms planned for the rush Creek project? It, how long is that trail? Sure. Thanks, John. Yeah, so there's, with the Rush Creek project, there's actually three trails, three different trails, and actually four different trails, four different segments. And in total, it's about a mile and a half. The whole, the whole thing, and there's just not a need or it just can't be done? Oh, for a bathroom? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, that's not something we typically consider for our open spaces. So. It's a great thing to bring up. I mean, I think it typically our open space preserves have served neighborhoods. They're, you know, typically like our average visitor visits 75 times a year and lives within a mile of the preserve. But 
I think one of the realities is that we do have folks coming from other places to come visit our preserves and our parks and that, you know, more restrooms is something that um, has come up several times. In fact, as we're reaching out about Measure A, it's come up and, and especially out in West Marin, the restrooms are in high demand and for our rangers out there, most of what they do is clean and service restrooms. So um, it's definitely. Well, I think the, I mean, the Rush Creek is a little more remote than the typical neighborhood trail project. And I just, I'd, I'd commend to you the idea of having a restroom there. Yeah. Thanks. Other commissioners? Okay, I would just like to add first, thank you to all three presenters. It's really nice to pause every once in a while and look back and see that we really are accomplishing a lot out there. And I think the public's gonna see it more and more as they get back out and start really experiencing that. I did have two questions though. One is on the repaving of the Sausalito Mill Valley. How long is that, is the life expectancy of that path now? Great question. Uh, the the process of micro uh, microsurfacing they they expect about anywhere from eight to ten years so I mean that that's the that's the target I mean okay. again it depends on how much rain it depends on how much flooding it depends on just use but that it's it's a it's a good band-aid good yeah okay thank you and then in terms of the public that hasn't had a chance to really be actively involved in a lot of the uh, meetings that we're having right now what's the easiest way for people to connect is it the web page or what's the best way? Certainly, our, our web page is a great way to connect. But if folks are if the folks have something specific that they're trying to find and they're having trouble finding it on our web page, they can always get directly in touch with me. My, my all my contact info is right there on our web page. Good, thank you. Okay, I'd now like to open it up for any public comment. Anyone in the chambers would like to comment on this agenda item? And seeing none, does, I'll go to Al. Oh, go I just ahead. might add also, you know, the um, there was some confusion about the uh, the phone in um, uh, access to Zoom, and just wanted to update that the the web page has just been updated. So if folks go there. The um, there's a updated ID and passcode, um, and so hopefully that helps some folks out technical challenges already yes thank you hopefully people can get on as we're moving to this next agenda item Al is there anyone um, wanting to comment on this last item online yes chair Scriven we have Barbara Salzman of Marine Adoban Society he's on mute and you have the option to share video okay hi Barbara It'll take a few seconds, sir. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, hi, um, everybody. I'm Barbara Salzman. I'm with the Marin Audubon Society. I think uh, I'm really impressed with the dog uh, program, the dog you pick up. Uh, and I think that you um, uh, should um, expand that significantly. But I'm mostly I have a question for John about the meeting last night. Was that recorded for those of us who were not able to make it? Yes, I'll wait to the end of comments. Yes. Okay, that's all fine. Thank you. Chair Scrimmon, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay. 
Seeing that, we will move on to a very I, important agenda item. I can oh. just respond to that comment just to say that, yeah, the meeting last night was recorded and it's accessible on the website under the road and trail designation. Okay, good. Now we're ready for agenda item number five, County Parks Measure A, one quarter cent sales tax continuation. Before we have uh, Max uh, give the staff report, I'd just like to thank everyone that has taken the time to really comment. We received more comments before this meeting and, uh, than any other item that I've seen in years. So all of the uh, emails, the texts, and the phone calls have all been recorded and they're all gonna be part of the public record. So with that, Max. Thank you, thanks commissioners. Again, Max Corton, Director of Marin County Parks. And um, I, I just start to mention also that uh, there were a number of uh, comments emailed to your commission, and then there were, I think, 52 individuals who commented via our website, and that we have printed copies of their comments here. Their comments have also been passed out to all of you in printed form, and they'll also be posted on our website following the meeting. Um, so, uh, let's see, I just wanted to start by um, taking us back to 2012 when uh, Measure A was uh, passed uh, with 74% from the voters in Marin County. It's a quarter cent sales tax. I think initially it raised about, <coughs> pardon me, $12 million a year. And that's gone up over uh, the past nine years to about $14 million a year today. Um, and it's made possible all the work that you saw today and quite a bit more. Um, it's really been uh, an exciting opportunity for, for this department and for the county and, and to provide additional services and to, um, to address a lot of deferred maintenance. Um, and so we've been, the measure expires uh, in March of next year. And so we've been working towards an extension of the measure. Initially, we were working towards an extension in 2020, but because of the pandemic, our whole team was, uh, uh, moved to, to working on the pandemic response. And so we, we put that aside. Marin Open Space Trust uh, did a poll in June of this year and found over 80% support for an extension of the measure. And uh, initially we were working to put an extension on the recall ballot that was in the late summer. And uh, some of the state laws around that changed and we we're not able to do so, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, but the Board of Supervisors directed staff to work towards putting the, an extension of the measure on the June 2022 ballot. And so, uh, and they also directed our team to work towards uh, having a transparent and open uh, process with the community to receive feedback about the existing expenditure plan and to consider any potential changes to that expenditure plan. And so our team uh, undertook a, a few different ways to get feedback. One of those uh, was putting out a survey that over 2,700 community members uh, took part in. Uh, another one was to meet with uh, over 45 community organizations and individuals to have some deeper conversations about the measure. Um, and then also to present that information at a public meeting of your commission to get additional feedback and to the Board of Supervisors to get additional feedback. And, uh, and through that process, um, we, we got a lot of engagement from the community and a lot of really great ideas came out of that engagement. 
And so we went back with our team and tried to incorporate what we had heard into uh, a draft proposal for what an updated measure might look like. And that's what we're gonna present to your commission this afternoon. And, uh, and this is an opportunity to present that to your commission and to the community and to talk it through and also to get more feedback because this is um, an iterative process and uh, it's just an information item at this point because we want, we want more feedback in order to consider any further potential changes. Uh, so this is looking at the, old, the current allocation under the current Measure A. 65% goes to Marin County Parks and Open Space for all the types of uses that you saw described today by our team. 20% is set aside for farmland preservation uh, for purchasing uh, through a grant program to purchase agricultural easements and also for stewardship activities by the Marin Resource Conservation District. Uh, and then 15% goes to cities, towns, and special districts for uh, park and open space uses. And this is a, a high-level view of um, the proposed draft changes to the allocation. So we're proposing to increase the county parks and open space allocation from 65% to 75%. And, and that's mainly to create an opportunity to um, have an allocation directed at wildfire prevention, which I'll describe further momentarily. And then to decrease the agricultural stewardship um, or ag the farmland program from 20% to 10% and to um, change, change it from farmland preservation to agricultural stewardship to expand uh, the types of projects it could fund. And then to keep the city and town parks and open space funding the same at 15%. And this is looking at it um, an another way uh, as a pie chart, and it sort of breaks down some of the smaller components. And instead of going through this here, I'm actually going <coughs> to, pardon me, go through it in a little bit more detail in these next few slides. And I can go back to that if it's helpful. <coughs> so... Uh, again, the proposal around the county parks and open space um, allocation is to increase that allocation from 65% to 75%, and then to designate a new allocation of 30% of the 75% uh, for wildfire risk reduction in county park and open space preserves. Uh, it's one thing we heard quite a bit um, through our outreach was that Wildfire risk was a top concern of the community and especially the defensible space around people's homes. <clears throat> Our open space preserves are not one contiguous uh, land area. They are typically ringing the wildland urban interface um, around Marin. And, uh, and I actually met with all the fire chiefs this morning to talk through this. And, you know, it's also something that I heard from them was that the the defensible space behind homes and in that wildland urban interface is extremely um, important in terms of wildfire protection. As, as we've seen over the last five years, um, there's really been an increase in um, catastrophic wildfires across the state, and it's expected that that will continue with climate change. Uh, additionally, um, we're in this proposed draft, we are proposing to change the uh, land preservation, the acquisition for park and open space fund from 20% to 10%. And 
and also broaden it to include uh, capital improvements associated with acquiring land. And that was both in response to what we heard from the community, but also knowing that we currently have a, a fund balance of $8.4 million uh, in this program. And there's a smaller and smaller amount of, um, you know, uh, potential land areas that are targeted for uh, acquisition for park and open space lands, you know, specifically for, um, you know, recreational opportunities or species protection. Um, and so uh, it seemed like this, this was a potentially a um, good thing to propose. Uh, and then, and just to, to be clear that the remainder of that funding could go to all those different uses um, that we described today, but also could be used for um, wildfire prevention or acquisitions potentially. Uh, the agricultural stewardship program, again, the recommendation or the propo draft proposal is to change the allocation from 20% to 10%, <clears throat> and then to diversify uh, the program to fund um, stewardship activities that include carbon farming, uh, environmental restoration on ag land, water quality protection on ag land, community gardens. Another program that I, I wasn't sure how to describe it in just a couple words, but that we heard from a lot of folks as an area of interest was providing opportunities from for uh, new farmers or people from um, backgrounds that are underrepresented in the ag community, um, sort of like an equity-based program for providing access to agriculture as another area of interest. Um, and so uh, that was sort of trying to capture what we'd heard about um, some of the changes to the agricultural program. And then uh, keeping the, the RCD program for stewardship the same. And I just mentioned that one of the things that we heard about the RCD program is in the current measure, it's restricted to easement protected parcels. And there's a lot of interest in uh, not having that restriction to be able to do those stewardship activities in other uh, farmland environments as well. This slide is looking at the uh, at those same um, proposed uh, allocations, but in terms of dollar values. So you can see on the left is the 75, or is on the <coughs> pardon me, on the left is the current measure. On the right is the proposed draft, and uh, that green bar represents the county park and open space piece. The 75%. You can see the 10% for land acquisition is a million dollars. That 30% for wildland fire re risk reduction is 3.2 million. And then the remainder for all the trail and park improvements and park maintenance and visitor programs and uh, restoration is 6.3 million. Uh, and then the agricultural stewardship piece, you can see the resource conservation district funding would stay the same at 0.14 million. And then the, uh, agri the remainder, the competitive grant program would be uh, decreased from 2.6 to 1.3 million. And the cities and towns would stay the same at 2.1 million. Another thing that we heard was an interest in a, a periodic review, so an opportunity for the Board of Supervisors to uh, revisit the expenditure plan before uh, the measure expired. And so that's one of the things that we included in here as a potential change. <clears throat> and then this is looking just at next steps. So again, 
This is a really important opportunity to hear feedback about this proposed draft. Um, and then there'll be another opportunity at the Board of Supervisors on December 14th. In the meantime, um, folks can also comment via our website. There's a link with a, a easy way to provide comment. And again, we've, we've received uh, 52 comments so far, and I'll describe those briefly here in a minute. Um, and then uh, on January 20th, we'll come back to your commission uh, to consider recommending an expenditure plan to the board. And then we'll come to the Board of Supervisors in February for a first reading and a hearing to approve an ordinance to bring. And that just has to happen by March 11th in order to meet the deadline for the June 2022 election. And uh, I think that wraps up my presentation. The one thing I just wanted to mention that um, you all received, and there's some copies here of the, um, I think 52, we've, <clears throat> we've actually received some more since then, but the comments that people have uh, made via our website, um, I just sort of made a few notes. 40 of those 52 comments were actually asking that the farmland, recommending the farmland program be removed entirely. Um, 17 of those 52 were um, recommending that more than that 30% be, uh, be increased for wildfire prevention on county park and open space land. There was um, at least one wanting the acquisition portion to be increased, two wanting more available for trail maintenance, one for uh, more enforcement and ranger um, uh, support. There were eight looking for more funding for biodiversity, um, one for more farmland funding, um, uh, four for more park maintenance, two for uh, less wildfire protection funding, and uh, three for more sea level rise and wetland um, uh, restoration. So I, I just wanted, wasn't sure you'd have a chance to read all those and just wanted to give you a sense of what they were saying. Yeah. Thank you, Max. Uh, before I open up to Commissioner, I think it's important to remember that this is a process. It's a work in progress. And you have a chance to give information to the Commission. We represent the Board of Supervisors, give information directly to the Department or to the Board directly. And as you can see from this time frame, um, the next couple of months are going to be really critical because we're going to need to come up with a proposal that we give to the Board as a Commission recommended in January and February. And so get those comments in as quickly as possible. Let me go ahead and open it up first to commissioners for comments, questions. Dennis? Yes. So if, if, um, so if I'm reading this right and some of the, some of the mail that you've been sending, there seems to be a portion of the community that's opposed to continuing to fund purchases out in West Marin. Would that be a fair statement? The, you mean the farmland yeah. component? Yes. Okay. So, uh, in, a, in a short way, in a political campaign, it's going to be a you know short answers. What? How do you counter that argument? Well, uh, you know, at this point, I think we're in a listening mode. So it's um, I, I don't want to um, jump in and offer my opinion. Uh, I think today is an opportunity to reflect what we've heard, um, and uh, you know. There's certainly, uh, you know, I think we've heard some really both um, strong concerns about the program, but also some um, 
strong reasons how it's been beneficial. I think your commission's heard reports of the benefits of this program and how it's allowed land to be protected and habitat to be protected and um, stewarded. And additionally, for uh, you know productive agriculture to be sustainable out in West Marin and, um, and how important that's been for our community. And I think I imagine that today there's going to be a number of folks from the community also describing the importance of that program. And, you know, I think for the most part, I'll, I'll, I'll let them describe that. Thank you. Mary? So I have a number of comments. Um, you know, we, back in 2020, we approved Measure C. It's $19,300,000 a year for wildfire protection. Uh, we have Marin County Fire Department, and um, that, that money that we approved, it's for state-of-the-art wildfire prevention and uh, preparation efforts. So my question is, on this particular issue, is how did we ask about wildfire protection during the survey? Because if somebody were to ask me, um, you know, would you like some of this money to go for wildfire protection, but maybe they forgot or just didn't have knowledge that Measure C passed very ju just you know just slightly over a year ago, and that there was already nearly twenty million dollars going for wildfire protection. Um, how did we ask the question uh, about um, wanting wild wildfire protection? Because in my mind, every measure that we pass in Marin County doesn't have to have a wildfire. Um, component to it. It's very important. We've addressed it with Measure C. Yeah, Thank, thanks, uh, Commissioner Stomp. So, the you know um, the way that funding through the MWPA works is that all the I think it's seventeen member uh, agencies of the JPA that have firefighting or fire response jurisdiction can apply for that funding. Um, we as the Marin County Parks or Open Space District are not able to propose projects through through the MWPA. So fire jurisdictions that include our parks and preserves in their area may propose projects and they have proposed some projects that overlap into our parks and preserves. Um, and, uh, and so there may be um, some funding that comes through that. You know, typically what we've utilized Measure A for for vegetation management, and what I would anticipate we would use Measure A f money for for fuels reduction in the future is really not so much project-based work, um, but maintaining the defensible space along those 3,500 homes uh, that back up against our preserves. Because again, like talking to the fire agencies, that's the most critical area to uh, for them in terms of protecting communities from from fire uh, and it's every single year work that we have to do and it it may be true I mean in the that that people taking the survey were um, confused or the question just asked which of these are most important to you and which of these should we spend more money on or the same amount or less on and so you know certainly that survey was just one method to get uh, feedback from the community and have, get people engaged. And I think hopefully 
through meeting with different people and organizations, having meetings like this, um, going to the board, having an opportunity for people to comment on our website, we can hear from folks and make sure that we're not missing something. So as a follow-up comment, if I may, um, there's also $3.3 billion for wild, wildland fire protection in the infrastructure bill. Do we know how much of that is gonna to flow to our area? I don't know that we know that yet. And there certainly is a fair amount of funding, both from the state and federal government for wildfire prevention. In fact, um, as part of our one TAM <laughs> partnership, pardon me, uh, we were part of a grant to uh, Cal Fire that we received, I think, three million. $3 million with Marin Municipal Water District for, um, for vegetation management work. And, um, you know, that's, it's really important. There's so much work that we need to do to help adapt the forests that we're, uh, we need to, to manage and steward with climate change. Um, but, you know, additionally, I would, I would imagine that whether there's an allocation for vegetation management or if they, even if there wasn't one, that maintaining vegetation defensible space around homes is unlikely to be competitive as a project for state or federal funding, but it's something that we would prioritize as annual stewardship work of our lands. Is there perhaps an alternative for those 3,500 homeowners so that it's not a burden to the entire county? Is there an alternative? I mean, potentially, yes. Okay. Um, in terms of the competitive grants, uh, we had talked before, because I recall we gave more money out two years ago and then 100000 out this year, um, and... I was concerned that we're decreasing the amount. And what's the rationale for decreasing the amount? Because the great thing about the grants is it addresses equity in the community. And uh, it allows, I, I recall some of those grants where, you know, encouraging people, um, seniors, um, uh, people of color, uh, to get out in the community to utilize our natural resources. And it seemed like a great use of the Measure A funds. Just in terms of clarification, um, we're talking about two different grant sets. One is the community grants that Kevin. I'm sorry, that's what that's what I mean. The community grants, right? right. The community grants. We're going to talk about the agricultural yeah. ones. Okay. Sure, and those don't have a specific allocation in the measure, but they they were so initially we had funded I think $100,000 a year and then we increased it to $200,000 a year because we'd received a lot of positive feedback and, and interest uh, in that. And, uh, and then during the pandemic initially we had, because this is sales tax, sales tax went down pretty sharply initially with the pandemic. And so we were working with a very constrained budget and then additionally, those programs were in-person programs, right? Bringing, providing transportation to bring groups of people mm -hmm. out to park. So as we were building our budget for this last year, we were recommended going back to a slightly smaller amount, you know, with when we were less sure about how much money we'd actually have to work with that we might have more constrained amount. And then additionally, um, uh, you know, 
as folks were still adapting to this changed environment. So, I, you know, I, I think, of course, thankfully, the economy rebounded pretty quickly and the sales tax funding came back up. And so it's certainly possible that we could uh, increase that in a future budget. Okay. And then finally, um, regarding the funding for farmland preservation and uh, looking at some of that funding going for capital improvements, it's currently currently in the measure that it would be uh, restricted to only lands that had easements on them instead of open to all agricultural lands. And, and why is that? The in the current the 2012 measure, <coughs> pardon me the uh, the. Resource Conservation District funding, which is 5% of the 20%, was restricted to uh, easement protected lands. I don't, I'm not sure why that was the case. Okay. Thank you, Perry. Okay. Larry? I have a quick question. In addition to these email messages that you've kindly published here, are you getting phone calls as well? Yes. Are we able to see those, a record of those? Or? Sure, I can, <coughs> pardon me, sure, I can make that available. I don't want to make a make work. Are you getting a lot of them or <laughs> daily? Um, I don't know. What, I, not, I mean, hard to say how much a lot is. I, I haven't, I'd have to like look through and, and kind of like think about that for a while and talk to our team. Good question. A fair amount. Fair amount. I do believe it's pretty balanced in terms of two different sides really weighing in. Of the 19 uh, emails I received in the last two days, 17 were really to stay at 20%. So it really depends on which group has your email. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Pat. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, Max. Uh, I understand that it's quite a process that you're going through and the board's directed, board of supervisors, you say, directed that it be an open and transparent process and appreciate the initial, uh, the initial uh, polling that was done uh, by most. Um, and, uh, you know, it showed, it showed 80% support plus, uh, you know, and, and a good deal, uh, what one needs to, understand that of that support, there's a certain amount of definite support and probable support. So it's important to, to ensure that the probable support turns to definite support. Um, I really, uh, I really uh, uh, I'm glad that we continue with the community uh, programs, the allocations to locals, uh, local agencies, been an important uh, boost for them to provide everything from playground equipment to uh, sports facilities for uh, uh, for the programs out there. And I, I think Kevin's done a really good job. It also, uh, Kevin Rice done a really good job communicating with them, maintaining relationships. Uh, it also is, is has created a, a new bond between the county parks and uh, local park and recreation, which I, I think is important things Sometimes we just overlook it by looking at each project, but the uh, the value of that's uh, are very high. Um, I, I'm a supporter of uh, of of uh, 
east, east Bend acquisition for uh, the farmland people. Uh, I think it's important to support uh, agriculture in uh, Marin, West Marin. Uh, it's a lifestyle, uh, but it's, an important, it's important for biodiversity, it's important for a number of really uh, uh, strong values out there, community values. Um, but I, I do understand the, the changes that are being proposed, and I, I think uh, you know times are changing, and and uh, and the farmland people need to look at uh, how those changes could be uh, accepted and uh, and move forward, and and I'm sure they'll have input, and some of their input may foster even more changes uh, uh, or, or or another review of that aspect. Uh, I, I do not support the elimination of a farmland program. I, I think that's coming from a pretty far end uh, position. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a very good idea, and wouldn't do Marin County well. Um, the uh, also in our. Um, uh, I think. I think uh, having a, a wildland fire protection aspect. Uh, designated in this measure is important. I think uh, uh, it's something that county parks can focus on and gives them uh, new abilities. Uh, certainly that interface between the neighborhoods and county parkland is an important thing to focus on when one, uh, one plans for uh, uh, prevention efforts. And uh, all you need is one to quickly uh, rally behind that. Um, also, uh, as we look at uh, kind of moving back a little bit, but looking at the language that would go into the ballot measure, uh, it is uh, important to say extend existing, what we're really doing is extending the existing rate. So there's a lot of adjectives before that <laughs> that need to be inserted that underline the importance of, you know, park improvements, uh, etc. But it's important to know that when you say extend existing, talk about extending existing rate. And that that le the rate language is at the end of that, you know, 75 words or, or ballot measure. But it but it's uh, but connecting those two and, and it's easy to get confused in what that means. And if one gets confused, you're going to be open to criticism. <coughs> are you really extending the same measure? Blah, blah, blah. No. Yes, we are, but we're extending the rate. Just want to clarify that because I know I can be open to criticism uh, as, um, <coughs> as, uh, as one makes proposals for changes that are internal to the measure. So <coughs> anyway, um, also in the acquisition Area, the changes of acquisition for uh, parks. Uh, it's uh, important to know acquisition is an important element of this, but this gives it flexibility. So it's really a capital, turns it more into capital. So you could do restoration, acquisition, or development. It's a capital item. Um, and uh, that's probably it for now. <laughs> but uh, uh, good job on keeping this transparent and 
getting lots of input. Thank you, Pat. Oscar, do you have anything? Okay. Um, I just have one question and then a comment. In terms of the agricultural stewardship that we have in our packet here, when you're talking about uh, diversified agricultural stewardship program grants for carbon farming, environmental restoration, water quality protection, community gardens, how will that grant program be set up and what would be the application process? That's a great question. So we have an existing grant program for uh, agricultural easements mm -hmm. and um, you know, I think we would, if this, if this, and it was uh, passed by voters, then we would go about developing the grant program with input from the public um, and the community, and how you know, bring to the board the what the grant program to your commission to the board of supervisors before it launched, what that grant program would look like. So I guess, in short, we would develop that program if it was part of direction. the measure. Great, okay. thank you. Okay, before I open it up for public comment, just one more um, statement. I really appreciate the transparency that you're offering here, and I really want to emphasize this is an ongoing process. There's nothing locked in right now, so the more community input that we can get, the better. Really appreciate that. And then also, I just want to remind people that we have one goal with all these different opinions, and that is to get this measure passed. So I don't want us to get too much in conflict or arguing too much where we don't get that two-thirds vote. It's an uphill battle in terms of that process, but I have faith in Marin that we can come together and work together because everyone benefits if it gets passed. So with that, I would like to go ahead and open it up for public comment to people in the chambers. As you come forward, please identify yourself. And again, we're trying to limit to three minutes. Many of you know I was the executive director of MALT for 28 years. Uh, before I retired at, uh, in the early part of 2012, shortly after voters passed Measure A. However, I am not representing MALT. I'm representing myself today. Um, for 50 years, beginning in 1971 with A60 zoning and continuing with uh, countywide general plan policies, preserving Marin's agricultural land has been a priority because it is a defining element of Marin's character and environmental quality. MALT was created in 1980 to address threats posed by ever-escalating agricultural land values bearing no relationship to agricultural land uses um, that zoning and public land use policies were helpless to counter. Uh, MALT offered to purchase agricultural consummate easements and voluntary transactions with agricultural families facing some circumstance that required them to deal with the land as an economic asset rather than just a natural resource. Estate taxes, buying out co-owners, buying land, and so forth. These easements extinguish subdivision and non-ag development potential and require protection of creeks and streams and other environmental resources on the property permanently. The program was sustained by MALT without county financial support until acquisition costs began to outrun the availability of private and other public funding sources. As a result, um, and because farmland preservation was a county priority, 20% of Measure A was allocated to farmland preservation. Protecting Marin agricultural land and the host of environmental values associated with it are no less important 
um, today than 50 or 10 years ago. The same threats are present, arguably even greater, and half of Marin's productive, productive agricultural land remains at risk. This is not about malt, uh, which is just an instrument um, by which this pioneering and nationally recognized program is implemented at virtually no cost to the county. Every dollar of Measure A funds granted is matched at least one to one by funds raised by malt. It is essential to maintain Measure A's 20% allocation for farmland preservation and a renewal measure. Uh, the future of agriculture here and the essential character of West Marin, I believe, are at stake. Um, just a word about the community survey. I think it's important to note that it is not a scientifically valid reflection of voter opinion. It's a combination of solicited input and self-selected responses. It's representation with very precise um, percentage breakouts of responses and may imply a validity that I think is not justified. I'm not arguing that it's irrelevant. It is interesting and I think it should be, uh, should be considered. But it should not be used as the primary driver for changes to Measure A, which um, it seems to me it's, it's, it, it may be being used to having the 20% allocation of farmland preservation. As was mentioned earlier, the most um, uh, poll uh, done in June indicated 80% for the, uh, basically the original A, just put out the original measure A in that poll. Um, in, in sum, uh, your time. Okay, you thank you very much. You I appreciate your time. You have a, one or two more sentences? No, that's it. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your 28 years of serving for Malt. Next. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. My name is Andrew Giacomini. I am on the Malt Board of Directors, and I'm the chairman of the Buck Family Fund at the Marin Community Foundation. And I've been working, you know, for a long time in various community activities. Uh, I'm here to voice opposition to the proposed reallocation, but I, I do want to thank uh, Max and his whole team, and you and Parks and the county for a really important partnership with Malt and other uh, agencies to support agriculture in West Marin. We couldn't have made the progress that we've made without the support of those agencies or without the support of the public. And it's been a really good partnership even though I don't agree with the current recommendation. Um, my friend Steve Kinsey has said this, and I think he might have written it to you, maintaining an active agriculture uh, thriving community next to an urban environment is really hard to do. Uh, but once it's gone, you're not gonna get it back. Some people think that the preservation that happens by malt and other organizations is not necessary because there's zoning that protects the land. But zoning exists only so long as three members of a board of supervisors think it should. And by contrast, the easements that Malt puts in place and owns for the benefit of the public. So that money creates an asset that is a public asset overseen by Malt is forever. That protection is forever and those easements include a mandatory requirement that the land be maintained in agriculture and stewarded appropriately which means things like creeks need to be taken care of and fenced, which means good agricultural practices and all kinds of other things that are involved in stewardship of the land, which also uh, allows for fire protection or uh, 
uh, vegetation management because that's what farmers do with their land. And if they weren't doing that with all of that land, I guess maybe Max would have to do it because that's 100,000 acres of land where um, Max has 17,000 acres and is struggling to do what he needs to do for those acres. We've all worked to help preserve ag in Marin and that effort uh, reaps many benefits for all of us. It reaps uh, conservation benefits, open space benefits, food benefits, for job benefits. Uh, I, I think that it can't be uh, understated how important that part of our community is. It's not the time to back away from that investment. You might have read a book one time called Farming on the Edge, which was written several decades ago about what it was like to farm in West Marin. Farmers and ranchers are still on the edge. Climate change, drought, all these things are making it harder. This isn't the time to back away from that support, which benefits all of us. And I hope you'll keep an open mind as we go through this process and listen to us. We'll be providing more information to you all. I know Max will, and we've talked together. And I thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Nice piece of history. Your father, Gary, was my first boss here in 74. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still here. It was Good afternoon, commissioners. Former commissioner. Uh, I, yes, 10, 12 years ago. My name is Bill Long. Um, I'm chair of Marin Open Space Trust, that is most. Uh, we were pleased to be able to uh, support the survey that's been mentioned here a couple of times uh, today. And I have to say that generally, in terms of direction, the response uh, that you're hearing from uh, Max Parks and Open Space is in line with what we heard in that survey. That's not to endorse the exact numbers that have been put out at this point, but generally in line. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have some comments of my own. These aren't consolidated from our uh, most board members. Uh, one has to do with the uh, wildland interface fire protection. It seems to me that more of that is a good idea because a lot of the fires that go into open space start in the adjacent residential properties. And so an active program by open space would benefit the open space preserves, but there'd still be all these properties that are next to private properties where there's no wooey uh, program to deal with the threats that start in private properties on one side of the line to private properties on the other side. To me, that's an argument for more acquisition of open space with well-managed buffers all around the community, not just where there's public open space. Another comment uh, has to do with deferred maintenance. Max referred to it earlier. Um, our park facilities and open space facilities to some degree have uh, aging facilities. And sure, we see a lot of shiny new ones, but there's a lot of older ones that will be another 10 years older in 10 more years. And so I think having a realistic, fairly detailed cost estimate for the next 10 years would help to convince people that a lot of money is gonna need to be spent just to take care of these facilities so that we don't have more deferred maintenance 10 years from now, hopefully less. And lastly, um, 
I was on the planning commission in the 1970s when there was a lot of interest in preventing sprawl, in, in preventing the development of West Marin. The A60 zoning looked like a way to do it, but then it turned out that that wasn't enough to stop development pressures and financial pressures uh, on the ranchers, the property owners. So I was a big fan for malt. And they've done a wonderful job, but they're only half finished. The fear back then, I think, is still legitimate today, and that is to the extent those other properties, not covered by easements, are developed and turned into ranchettes, there's gonna be more of a threat to the remaining agriculture that's still there with kids and animals and all that activity that will undermine the viability of, of uh, farming and ranching. This is a bigger issue than just parks and open space. This is a county level issue. If the county is still committed to preserving agriculture, they need an integrated program, in my mind, that addresses these challenges to ongoing agriculture and looks at what is it really gonna cost if those properties are developed, particularly with new state housing laws, and what is it gonna be worth to the county to prevent that development with easements or whatever, but not just a park issue. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Bill. Anyone else in the chambers, please? Hello, I'm Joe Malin, and I have probably more questions than I do uh, comments. I think part for me, what I don't know much about the whole uh, agricultural program and all the details, I just read what I know in the paper about all the backflash and everything. I think the key to getting this uh, forwarded is for there to be uh, clear information being put out so people know what's actually going on because I think there's a lot of conspiracies and there's a lot of misunderstandings about what's happened and it creates all these people to say, let's get rid of all the agriculture. But I think once they know what really went on, I think there'd be more people interested in protecting it. So I think a lot of it is making sure that we get the right information out so that there's not the wrong perception and people try to rally. I think the big issue for me is throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. Um, I guess I had a question for Max. Uh, when people uh, accept the, or recipients to this land use money, are they required? Do they then become required to meet other environmental, you know, like water uh, quality and uh, fire fuels and all those things? So these are added requirements once they take that on that they didn't have before that really kind of forces their hand. I think that's something that the public knew that when they take these, that they're accepting these requirements that benefit us. Um, and then the last thing is, I think that if the, if the agriculture portion is put, more is put towards learning better practices where they're more environmental and that money is fun, put to better water quality, uh, fire fuels, invasive plants, and those kind of practices and people would be more receptive to seeing the funds going to this department because I think it shows that it's win-win for everybody. It's win for us. And I think the big thing about this is it really needs to be kind of a middle of the road. I don't think we can go one extreme to the other, that we really need to listen to people. And I really applaud this whole process of listening to people and getting public comment. And um, I would say the success is making sure that you get the right information out and that you uh, collect the right feedback from people, and that should really give us a good roadmap how to go forward. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in terms of public comment in the chambers? Seeing none, I will turn to Al.
Yes, the first speaker is Vivian Strauss. Vivian, please unmute and you have the option to share video. Hello, um, my name is Vivian Strauss and I grew up on and I now own and manage Strauss Home Ranch in Marshall. And my mother, Ellen Strauss, was one of the co-founders of MALT and I recently joined the MALT board. And I'm here because I wanna ask you to consider retaining the 20% allocation of Measure A funds for farmland protection and as everyone's been talking about, including farmland stewardship so that MALT can continue its critical work to protect agricultural lands in Marin that are still at risk. So currently MALT is protecting about 3000 acres of farm each year. Um, we risk losing vital habitat sensitive acreage without these additional Measure A funds those lands that are not protected can become available for sale. I mean, growing up, I remember when ranchers saw selling to developers as their only way out when they were in financial distress and malt became a safe haven for the ranchers and for the land. And if we don't continue to offer the same level of support, some are not gonna wait for those easement funds to become available. So why is protecting this land important? Because once protected will not only not be developed, Malt then becomes a partner, which it has been doing, with technical expertise and financial support to alleviate climate change by planting trees, fencing off creeks, and composting to sequester both water and more carbon in the soil. And these lands are being grazed, which is keeping us safe from wildfires and providing much needed habitat for wildlife. For, on our land, um, we've got nesting egrets. I think we've got one of the biggest pl places in West Marin and other birds so numerous and diverse, I can't identify them all, bobcats, skunks, even um, I saw an otter last year finding its way from Tamales Bay into our dam. So reducing Measure A funding slashes in half the very essence to me of what makes Marin world renowned. Malt is a pioneer and leader in agricultural protection in the United States and Marin is known for its cutting edge farming methods while cultivating and supporting well-known artisanal companies that could only have succeeded in this very, very supportive environment, which I'm very grateful for. And all of this began with a malt easement. I mean, we have a way to feed ourselves and our community, reduce our carbon footprint through local production and continue to support a thriving local economy. And when we lose land, we lose Marin, we lose our history, our heart, our legacy. And in a time when leadership on climate and land issues is so urgent, I'm asking you to think about this power to reconsider farmland protection. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. The next speaker is Nona Dennis. Please unmute and you have the option to share a video. Great. Uh, let's see, open the video. Okay. One minute. Okay, I can't get that video open. Try again, there you go. There you are. Okay, all right. Thanks very much. Thanks, uh, commissioners. Uh, thanks very much for having this meeting. It's an excellent process that, that you've been carrying out. Uh, in our view, passing Measure A is not an option, it's a must. As others have said, as Dennis said, uh, we've seen the accomplishments over the past nine years and we'll all of our efforts at the Conservation League to making it happen again. But we urge you to return to the existing 65-20-15 expenditure plan that has been so successful. 65% to the parks and open space, 20% to farmland conservation with some fine tuning on our part, we suggest, and 15% to cities and, and special districts. 
the revised proposal takes away half of the funds designated for land acquisition. And I know that others, I know others are going to speak passionately, passionately about that, but it also takes half the farmland preservation away. And, uh, and this is probably one of our major concerns to devote this to, to uh, fire. Um, I want to focus on two, kind of two issues because obviously fire is on everyone's mind with reason and the question simply says, yes, yes, do more, do more, do more. But is the public aware that County Parks had already spent uh, more than 20% of their own budget under Measure A in actually working with vegetation to reduce fire risk uh, on the preserves uh, and you know, strategically adjacent to the community? And is the public aware, and more important perhaps, that County Parks and Preserves occupy less than one-tenth of all public lands in Marin County? Uh, managing county-owned parks and preserves for fire will not resolve wildfire risk on the remaining 90%. So people look around and they say, oh, it's all green, it's all public, it must be the county, and it's not. That is simply a, a tenth of all the public lands. So the current level of fire risk uh, could be increased, but um, we, it, that, the accuracy of that needs to be obvious to the public. And on the farmland issue, you've heard a lot of, of, of pleas right now to to explain why the farmland preservation should remain part. One third of the county is in this landscape, which is entirely privately owned, but actually serves numerous public and environmental purposes. On the environmental side, you've already heard that it is a, uh, it preserves open space, wildlife habitat, protects creeks, streams, and it controls fire fuel through grazing. Never underestimate the ability of a cow to maintain fire fuels. You don't have to hire goats in West Marin. They do it for you for one third of the county. Um, it sequesters carbon crucial to meeting Marin's climate action goals. And this, as others have said, is a fundamental landscape character is a fundamental quality of Marin County. And development threats are, are, are very real. How do you explain to the thousands and thousands of recreational cyclists and others who flock to West Marin every weekend, uh, how would you explain to them the loss of this uh, vital recreational facility of, the, of a resource for them? So it, within this, uh, we would like to see some fine tuning of that particular component. We'd like to see the Resource Conservation District receive a larger share, up to maybe 25%, because they are working throughout uh, the farmlands on both, we recommend they, they, they work on both easement and non-easement uh, ranch lands to do the, the kind of restoration work and carbon farming planning that's so vital to meeting our, our climate goals. So thank you very much. Stick with what you have and work really well with some fine tuning and we look forward to supporting your efforts. Thanks very much. Thank you, Nona. The next speaker is Stefan Barney. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Good afternoon, Commissioner uh, members. My name is Stefan Parnay. I am the Agricultural Commissioner, Director of Weights and Measures. And, you know, to meet the county's uh, Climate Action Plan 2030 goals, uh, our working agricultural lands are a critical part of the solution. And it's really important for the public to understand that open space lands and private agricultural lands are interconnected and provide many of the same desired benefits described in the county's 
Climate Action 2030 goals. Some of those have already been mentioned by Nona and others, but I'm going to maybe repeat a few of them. Um, number one, you know, reducing wildlife or wild, I should say, reducing wildfire risk, um, increasing carbon sequestration, increasing biodiversity, uh, safeguarding wildlife habitat and pollinators, uh, reducing invasive species, uh, improving water quality and soil health, improving riparian zones, uh, preventing erosion and maintaining wildlife corridors, and there's more. Um, so right now, and it's been mentioned that, you know, about half of the productive agricultural lands in Marin County are protected from development through a conservation easement. And that basically accounts for about 54,000 acres out of 100,000 acres. So there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, as long as lands are not protected, they will always be at risk of being developed. Um, our local uh, resource conservation district currently receives about $130,000 per year of, of Measure A funds. And uh, I believe they should be able to access significantly more funds to support the county's uh, Climate Action Plan 2030 goals of stewardship and uh, natural resource protection and specifically regarding increasing the number of carbon farm plans on any parcel of land, not just on easements. And it's estimated that about 1 million a year is needed to reach the county's goal of implementing carbon farm plans with 180 farms and ranches across 90,000 acres by 2045. So in the end, it will be farming and ranching operations that play a prominent role in helping to address climate change within the county and make the agricultural ecosystem a, a net carbon sink that will uh, be capable of offsetting emissions from both agriculture and other sectors within the county. And you know the results of the community survey that Parks uh, recently did found a high level of support for wildfire prevention and biodiversity protection. And it's really critical to understand that well-managed agricultural lands provide these same benefits and protections and, and much more through grazing, through uh, fire break roads and uh, carbon farming. So in the end, uh, protecting our local agriculture is absolutely essential. So thank you for the opportunity uh, to provide comments today. Thank you, Stefan. The next speaker is Anne Levin. Please unmute and you have the option to share a video. Thank you. Um, I, I won't go repeat what I sent in in my comment since I understand that's already before the commissioners. Um, I, I do want to um, first say that I think as the commissioners saw with the report on 2021 activities, the department has used their flexibility on how they use maintenance and management funds really well. Um, they have put $2 million into the, um, what is essentially wildfire risk prevention with the um, vegetation management programs. And I think it would be better to promote how the funding has been used for wildfire risk reduction already, including how the funding has been leveraged with partnerships and with other grants, rather than locking the department into a fixed amount every year. There could well be years when the money would be better spent on flood prevention, on landslide prevention, um, and having that kind of 
a set allocation for a particular type of maintenance and management, frankly, sometimes invites um, accounting games when the funding um, could be characterized as wildfire risk reduction or something else. Um, so better to um, entrust the maintenance and management and the allocation uh, to the actually very well used discretion of the leadership of the department. Um, the only other thing I'd like to say in terms of the, of the agriculture, um, it's well known that it's time for Marin County to step up and make more housing and affordable housing available. Affordable housing generally needs to be built in areas where there's access to transit that doesn't necessarily implicate West Marin, but it also needs to be built on land that's less expensive and to some extent that's going to be West Marin. Um, having, having the NIMBY approach of we want to block development just doesn't fly given the history of uh, racism and classism in how Marin County has been developed. And all of the agriculture basically in Marin is not carbon farming, it's ranching. And it's not clear that we advance the climate goals of Marin by supporting methane producing cattle or by having vast acres devoted to non-native grasses. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. The next speaker is caller with telephone number ending in 402. Please unmute. Uh, James Holmes, uh, Larsburg District 2. Um, I uh, appreciate the, uh, um, the uh, uh, staff's uh, draft response in reducing somewhat the uh, farmland allocation. Uh, whether or not 10, it should be 10% reduction, I, I'm not sure, but uh, um, at least uh, intuitively that seems like a reasonable compromise between those who would keep the uh, current amount unchanged and those who would eliminate uh, farmland uh, altogether. I do, however, have qualms about uh, reserving a full 90% of the remaining uh, allocation for uh, small uh, projects. I'm concerned that the small stewardship grants, uh, uh, whether or not it would result in uh, significant projects uh, with meaningful or lasting benefits. Uh, I think that uh, there should be more flexibility to take advantage of, uh, of uh, easement opportunities as they arise. Uh, candidly, I think that much of the reaction against farmland preservation reflects the uh, controversy regarding malt. Uh, but the fact that malt may be discredited in, in some people's eyes, in, including the eyes of this longtime uh, member, uh, should not discredit the cause of farmland preservation altogether. Rather, it simply means that the county should not delegate to malt the processing of applications for easements. Uh, to avoid the uh, issues regarding malt and make farmland preservation more palatable to the public, the measure should uh, preclude uh, grants for farmland easements funneled through organizations controlled by past or potential recipients or, or their affiliates. Uh, this might well make a larger increment of farmland preservation uh, more palatable. And uh, finally, um, with regard to wildfire 
uh, reduction, uh, the measure must be sure to avoid uh, duplicating uh, what the uh, Marin Wildfire Prevention Agency with its uh, almost $20 million a year uh, is, is already doing. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, James. The next speaker is Albert Strauss. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Hello, thank you for letting me talk. Um, my name is Albert Strauss. I'm founder and CEO of Strauss Family Creamery and Dairy Farm in Marshall. We were the first certified organic dairy and creamery west of the Mississippi River and the first 100% uh, organic creamery in the United States. Our mission is to sustain family farms in Marin Sonoma County and help revitalize rural communities through education advocacy everywhere. Um, we've created a model of farming that is uh, is sustainable for the planet and our communities. We are my own farm is going to be carbon neutral by 2023 and have a lower carbon footprint than any plant based or equal lower carbon footprint than any plant-based product, dairy product. Um, we just finished up the first commercial trial in the United States for feeding red seaweed to reduce the enteric methane. No, we're reducing our, we'll be reducing our, our overall methane uh, emissions by 90% in the next two years and expanding that model to the other farms that supply us. 85% of the dairies in Marin Sonoma County are certified organic and it's the only way to, to uh, to, to be uh, successful as a family farm. Um, I think that um, the, the whole idea about um, malt, my sister mentioned our mother was the co-founder of malt. Um, we've been trying to preserve agricultural land, create a viable farming system and help revitalize our communities which are being devastated. So these public funds are essential to keeping agriculture viable in Marin County. And um, I put forward a, a proposal to the um, Open Space District and Sonoma County as well, using cattle to manage for wild, wild, uh, wildfire prevention. And with all the vegetation and all the um, risk of wildfires, I was put on the Sonoma County Wildfire Prevention um, uh, Committee and this is one of the only ways to reverse it. And we can do it at a very low cost to, to the public. So I feel that the, um, these funds can be used for long-term purposes of protecting land and creating stewardship uh, practices. Whereas we can mitigate for wildfires at a very low cost and, and, and not have to take up public money to do that by co cooperating and creating a, a system where we work together uh, with agriculture and park service. So thank you. Thank you, Albert. And we do appreciate the leadership you've shown in, in your industry over the years. The next speaker is Nancy Marin, RCD. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Hi. My name is Nancy, I'm, with the, I'm the executive director at the Marin Resource Conservation District. And I wanna thank you for existing measure A allocation of 1%. Um, the measure has been a model for natural resource protection and we think we've used that uh, funding very wisely through the years. 
For the past 10 years, our allocation has leveraged over 2 million in outside funding, which has provided a variety of ecosystem services on agricultural lands that extend to the public at large. Next month, our 2 million will soon turn to 3 million when the State Coastal Conservancy approves a $1 million grant to implement six riparian restoration projects on ranches and queues up six more for uh, grant applications. And I've submitted a letter to you uh, to show you some of the details of our accomplishments. Um, we have a few recommendations to portions of Measure A as they relate to our district. Um, we support the preservation of farmland and the stewardship of them and believe them to be equally important. The draft plan recommends 15% for ag and resource protection and includes an allocation of 130,000 each year for our district. While we are extremely grateful for that allocation, we need to do more and the demand is evident. Each year, we turn away dozens of ranchers wanting to increase biodiversity, improve water quality, and deal with climate change, but funding prevents us from doing it. A recent carbon farming presentation to Drawdown Marin identified the cost of this work to be a million dollars a year, and to scale it up, we need to support it. The draft expenditure plan also recommends a competitive grant program for easements and stewardship funding and we re recommend removing the competitive nature of the allocation. Specific to stewardship funding, this is the work that we're chartered to do and it's 100% supported by grants. The RCD has spent decades improving sa salmon fisheries, oyster beds, threatened species, eroding farmland, and we have developed a publicly transparent programmatic structure that offers fairness and equity in the distribution of grant funding and includes all partners, all agencies and organizations in the county. We all know that the United Nations Glasgow Summit, more than 100 countries agreed to cut emissions of methane by 30% by the end of the decade and our county climate action plan um, pledges to do the same and identifies agriculture as a solution. So we feel strongly that we can lead by example and we already have the institutional structure in place to get it done and we urge you to increase funding to support it. Again, thanks for your past support and we look forward to renewing the measure. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. The next speaker is Susan Stump. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Thank you. Uh, I'm Susan Stump. I'm a member of the Marine Conservation League Board of Directors. And uh, we have heard, heard from Nona Dennis uh, on the uh, issues that we support and the issues that, that we would like to see modified in the current uh, recommended uh, allocations for funding. Um, the commission uh, has reduced the amount of money for land acquisition and uh, uh, we'd like to see that continue to be at the level it has been and uh, to make those funds available to most Audubon and other organizations that protect um, and restore lands. Uh, the wildfire uh, provision that's recommended um, we feel is, is quite overblown and we would uh, 
I'd like to see that greatly reduced uh, since we did just pass a $19 million uh, measure um, just a couple years ago. We also strongly support the agriculture stewardship program, both through the agricultural easements and the RCD assistance. Less, well, about half of the agricultural lands in um, West Marin have been protected by the easements, the agricultural easements that are um, um, nurtured through malt. And uh, the, the other half, um, we'd like to see funding available to make it a, a viable acquisition level. Uh, when it gets reduced to a very low level, it will take multi-years to accumulate enough to match the funds that malt raises. Uh, the RCD assistance we feel should be raised to 25 cent percent of the uh, of the agricultural allotment, and allow that money to be used not on just uh, uh, lands that have been uh, put under easement, but also any ag agricultural lands that apply to RCD for for their use. Um, so thank you very much for. Uh, allowing our input and um, we look forward to some modifications being made. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. The next speaker is Larry Minigas. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Good afternoon and thank you. Um, I am in complete agreement with uh, Susan Stomp and Nona Dennis and many other speakers here today in terms of protecting our farmlands and ranches ranch lands in West Marin. And really what we have here is we have two Marins, don't we? We have an East Marin and a West Marin. And I feel that in some cases, people really don't understand here in East Marin, what does go on in West Marin. And the question I would ask the commission to ask themselves is under measure A now, we're giving 20% to farmland preservation. And now we're gonna reduce that. What is broken and what are you fixing by reducing this amount? And then the other question is, what are you gonna break by not funding these very necessary um, needs we have out there to continue to protect, protect farmland? Because as people are saying, this, 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 it's not protected yet and it's still in danger and there's still a lot of work to do um, I understand what the speaker is saying about uh, how the, an earlier speaker made a comment about we need more housing. Couldn't agree more, but, but that would be infill housing. Um, I don't think it's going to help to put um, low-cost housing in Westman for a lot of people. It, there's going to be all sorts of access issues. Um, so I hope you will continue to protect these lands for the future because this is really about the future. And please consider what what the deficit will be if we don't. And also understand, I'm a huge supporter of wildfire protection. I work on it constantly. I'm sitting on committees on this. And, and But what I don't want to see is us going backwards, actually, on agriculture in this county. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. 
The next speaker is Gerald Merrill. Please unmute and you have the option to share video. Thank you, commissioners. Um, I'm Gary Merrill with the uh, Natural Heritage Institute and I am in fact a resident of West Marin in Inverness. Uh, I want to give some uh, compliments to the county staff for proposing their new allocation. Uh, we have some suggested changes that could be made. Uh, first, we think that the amount of uh, land acquisition should be increased back to its current level and expanded to include acquisition of parcels that are particularly vulnerable to fire and should not be developed and also parcels which are developed but subject to sea level rise and should be acquired by the county and gradually perhaps phased out, rented in the meanwhile. Uh, next, we would propose to double the amount proposed by county staff for the RCD. You heard from Nancy Scolari and she gave you a very short summary of a very positive program. So we strongly suggest doubling the allocation to the RCD. With respect to fire, uh, we do think that some fire uh, prevention work done by the open space district should be continued, perhaps expanded a little bit and should be called out in the measure so that people can feel confident that money will be spent uh, on fire risk reduction, but not necessarily a whole lot more work than is happening right now. Finally, there are two categories that uh, are lacking in this measure. One is an equity consideration. Uh, the county spends a very small amount of money right now taking kids from the mostly East County to uh, open space and park districts. And frankly, in our group that we have out here in West Marin, the Environmental Action Committee of West Marin, we take kids from the canal area and other parts of the county, uh, underprivileged kids out to see places like Point Reyes and the county open space districts. Many of these kids have never ever been to any of these districts and yet they live in places that are paying taxes uh, to support those areas. So we suggest a substantial allocation, maybe 6% of these funds go to specifically transport kids who otherwise would not get to come to these areas. And I don't mean necessarily just once a year. How many people in Marin only would take their kids to an open space or park district once a year? So let's really give these kids a break. And frankly, uh, the county needs it as part of their equity policy. Finally, we would suggest at least a small allocation, at least 1%, to preserving Native American sites and getting Native Americans more involved in the lands that they, of course, lived on for many years and have a great interest in preserving. Thank you for considering these comments. Thank you. Chair Scrimmon, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, thank you, Al. Appreciate your work over there. Let me bring it back to the commissioners for any comments before turning it back to Matt. I have some questions. Um, could you start with, there, there were a number of questions that came up during the public comment. Um, has the county done a deferred maintenance cost analysis? Thank you, that's a good question. We have done a, gosh, what do you call it, capital, um, yeah, we have a sort of a capital infrastructure program that sort of helps us to track all of our, a lot of our existing capital infrastructure and figure out the timing for replacement and cost for replacement. Um, you know, I don't know. And then we've also looked at the cost of potential projects that we can forecast in the, in the parks. Uh, and we did come up with some estimates for that. 
And are those part of the Measure A projections then? Uh, they, I, we haven't included them in any of these materials. Um, I think we've presented them in, the, in, in some very distant, several years past, um, but, but I, we can bring them back for, okay. for in the future. Are there added requirements put on agricultural land that an easement is added to? Yes. And uh, what are those? Gosh, I, I don't know that I could describe them all in detail right now. I mean, we certainly can, when we come back, we can have, we can talk through that in greater detail, but there's a whole series of requirements. I mean, beyond the, you know, the, the big ones, right, is that the land cannot be developed and it, um, and it cannot, and it has to stay in productive agriculture, but there's a whole lot of you know additional sort of requirements. Go with I that. was thinking like more of uh, maintenance of you know the right okay. like not degrading riparian right, areas and right. things like that. Yes, okay. I, I don't know the specifics of it, and we could our team that manages that program could uh, come back. With it. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Holden said uh, suggested the possibility of allocating funds for easements outside of mulch. Was that something that was considered by the district? Um, so like, you know, mulch is not mentioned in the existing Measure A. We have a grant program for funding agricultural easements. And I, I think mulch has been the applicant and received most, if not all, of the grants for that program, but there's nothing that restricts it to only malt. Any any organization that was able to do that same work could apply for those funds. Okay, great. Um, could you explain more of the RCD, the $130,000 that's allocated to RCD? Yeah, so the, um, the RCD receives funding for stewardship of of ag lands and uh, and <laughs> pardon me. So currently, um, and the requirement is that they match it one to one, and they have to be easement protected lands. And so, typically, those projects have been like you know restoration of riparian areas, you know fencing off areas, um, other kinds of natural resource protection. They've been you know obviously doing sort of the carbon farming, which is a whole set of. 30 different practices that I think improve the um, carbon retention in the in the soils and the farmland, but also are, are good best practices in terms of taking care of the ecosystems. Okay, and, and finally, um, just my my personal opinion after all the input we got, the the written materials and the feedback, um, plus the knowledge of the funds that are available for um, wildland fires. Um, I am not in favor of reducing the farmland uh, allocation from 20% to 10%, uh, nor increasing the city and town parks allocation. That was a request to. Um, and also am in favor of removing easement requirements for stewardship funding. Thank you. Other commissioners? Great. All right. Let me take it back to Max to kind of close this uh, agenda item.
Sure, thank you. And yeah, as I mentioned in the beginning, and and um, Commissioner Scrumman mentioned as well, this is an iterative process. This is the beginning of sort of bringing this back to the community with um, to get feedback. And I really have appreciated your feedback, commissioners, and additionally the input from the community in this forum for for getting additional feedback. Again, we'll be coming to the board on December 14th, and I'd invite you to uh, to attend the meeting and, and listen in and uh, and uh, and and then look forward to coming back to your commission in January, and we'll continue to uh, to receive comment and and consider potential further changes to this uh, proposal. Thank you, thank you, and I really appreciate the commissioner's comments during this part. Thank you very much. Um, we're at uh, item six, commissioner reports. Any activity you want to talk about since September seventeenth? COVID related, yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, just a reminder that January 21st is our next commission meeting and hopefully we'll have uh, something in front of us that we'll really get a chance to discuss in detail and make recommendations going forward. January 21st, I think. January 20th, I think. Oh, it's January 20th? Yeah. Sorry, that's okay. January 20th, okay, very good. And with that, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank Happy you. holidays.